who would you say is your personal hero? And then follow up question, who is your political hero? Is this, am I supposed to give like a serious answer or like, what are you looking for here? No, no. Give me your serious answer. I'm, I'm from the times. <laughs> oh, I see what we're doing. Do you though? If this is from the daily today. No. Oh, why? Well, I don't know what we're doing then. Just answer my question, please. Um, you're, you're evading the question. This is, this is, I said, I don't know if I really have like a personal hero, if I'm being honest. Well, think about it in your personal life. Who is your hero? That's what I'm saying. I don't really know if I have anybody. Uh, somebody inspires you. I don't, I don't mean you? that like in a sad way, but it, I just, I don't know. No, somebody has to inspire you. Pick one. Hmm. Damn it. I wish I could have thought of somebody quicker that would have just like irritated you. That would have made this No, no. I, I, I want a legitimate answer. Or I want an honest answer. Who, who in your personal life inspires you? Or, or sorry, who, who is your personal hero? I don't, I don't know if I have anybody. Killing I'm not trying me. to evade anything. You cannot edit this out. I'm, I'm not going to. Um, I don't know what you're. I don't don't know what you're trying to do. Again, this is the, the, you have ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Who in your personal everyday life do you find to be your personal hero? Well, can I can I just combine both questions into one answer? No, because I don't think in your daily life, um, former Secretary of Labor Robert Reich is your political hero or something, <laughs> I or personal hero. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have like an everyday hero. Killing me. Who's yours? Huh? I'm. Answer, I'm asking the questions here, counselor. <laughs> okay. So, um, I'm sorry, you do not qualify to be a primary candidate for the Democratic Party because you did not say your wife, as did literally almost every single male Democratic candidate. Oh, this was. I I got the push notification about this today, but I didn't click through, as you would say. Yeah, so um, Mr. Jay Inslee, his political hero, Abraham Lincoln, personal hero, his wife. And he seems very earnest in in the picture. Uh, whoever the fuck Seth Moulton is, his wife. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, he just copped out and said his entire family. Whatevs, dude. Um, and then I don't know who Steve Bullock is either. So anyway, you, you unfortunately cannot run for president. Well, I'm I'm not old enough. Yeah, you are. Uh, don't don't make me a fake age uh i i we we, we can we can <laughs> we don't need your what was the thing of the, the first hand birth certificate <laughs> we'll just say it's 35 <laughs> again like i said everything's old uh, everything that's old is new again mm-hmm. all right well you can you, you you crush that opening but it's okay and not crushed not not crushed in the biz dev sense crushed in the in the soul crushing sense i'm i'm on island time man oh you're full of aloha are you <laughs> yeah mahalo Mm, is that the one that means okay and goodbye? Uh, no, that oh, aloha is the hello and goodbye. Mahalo is thank you. Ah, guten tag. All right. So <laughs> anyway, um, what was the thing? Okay, so I, I have a couple of things I have to send over because this is this is we haven't we haven't talked in a bit, so this is just kind of a grab bag of of, of nonsense for this week because that's what I think people like. Is that different than like what we normally do? Or I think this is a very professional program, and I think it has the fit and finish of of even your best. Um, can uh, I can I can I briefly interrupt? I'm sorry, but I I clicked I I clicked through again, as you would say, to, to this what? New, to this New York Times thing mm-hmm. that you referenced the opening with. Yeah, yeah. I it's I don't like the the top of this where there's just like a video of all the candidates like talking at the same time. I don't I don't enjoy this. 
Well, it's it's probably some like rhetorical device to to show the cacophony of twenty candidates for the same thing that all don't really stand for anything. Did Biden not participate in this? I hope not. Huh. Is that gonna see on here? Yeah. Joseph R. Biden Jr. declined to participate despite repeated requests since late April. <laughs> so they, they wrote out his name like it's his mother scolding him as he's <laughs> late for so. dinner? Huh. Uh, what was that name again? His full name? Yeah. Joseph R. Biden Jr. What does the, bar, uh, what, what does the Biden stand for? <laughs> what does the R stand for? Most, most progressives would say Republican. Uh, what, no, what does it stand for? I, I don't know. Do you know what the J and Donald J. Trump stands for? I don't. It's John. It's a very boring name. It's kind of like on, like Homer Simpson. His middle name is J. and Or sorry, his middle initial is J and his middle name is J-A-Y. It's very um, anticlimactic. Oh, so the, this is not a name you would have guessed. Can I guess? Sure. <laughs> well, you just said I couldn't guess it, but... Uh, I'll, I'll allow it. Hmm... It, for, I mean, for reference, this is not even a name I've ever heard of. So Reginald. That's not a bad guess. I've heard of Reginald, though. Yeah, Robinette. Spelled <laughs> R-O-B-I-N-E-T-T-E. Interesting. At, at least according to Wikipedia, which mm. usually is not wrong. So, According to the Google bio box, uh, he was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania, home of Dunder Mifflin. You know, if you start typing Joe Biden into Google, you know what it tries to autocomplete with? Joe Biden feet? Age. Mm. Yeah, whatever. Also, third item, Joe, uh, Joe Biden age, Bernie Sanders age. Because apparently those are the two leading choices? Question mark? No. Hmm. Joe, <laughs> I'll send you a screenshot of this. Uh, these are all really sad. Um, where's my screenshot go? Uh, Joe Biden age in 2024. Joe Biden age health. These are really sad, um, introspective questions of, is this dude going to die? Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to frivolous things. Yeah. You want to start the show? Yeah. So I, I was told that the person I sent you a picture of is Ben Affleck, but it doesn't look like him. Can you corroborate that that is him? Yes. I can confirm that's him. The one that's holding the, the laptop oddly. That's the that's the key point. But he also looks like he might be holding a Dunkin' Donuts ice drink, which seems like it's in your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm, very much in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to cut down on coffee, though. So why? Um, I don't know. Sometimes I drink a little bit too much of it, and like the caffeine's a little bit, you know, much. Um, it's not good for the acid reflux thing. Mm. I don't know. I'm just trying to trying to cut down a little bit. So you don't you don't get like you just drag all day long and it's a constant yawning. Uh, I mean, I've done that a couple times or, you know, I, I ke- I'll keep it to one small cup instead of, you know, a couple of, couple of times during the day. I don't know this has been, this has been going on for like a week. So check, check back in in a month. It's your mid-year's resolution. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I also sent you a, uh, supporting picture. So I want to know if, if this concerns you and I'm not going to explain what it is, but what concerns you about these pictures? Just like carrying a laptop without any sort of like case or backpack or anything. Do you think it's incorrect to do it this way? Yes. So I don't believe so. And it makes it upsets me that I sometimes carry my laptop like Kanye West. 
but what, but laptops are light enough now where you can very easily transport it for short distances by just gripping it between your thumb and your index finger. Yeah, but you have your your fancy fancy pants peak design bag. Why would you ever carry it like this? Well, if you're carrying it across an office or something. Well, okay, hold on. That's different. Well, that's this what is this like, is. Like, no, this uh, is like out in the world. Mr. Affleck is just walking from probably, I'm guessing, a Tesla Model X um, with a vanity plate uh, to his to his estate. I assume that's not a great distance. And, you know, Kanye is getting out of his whatever, and he's looking looking at Twitter using his password 1111, and he's everything's great. Well, so let, let me ask you this question. I mean, I, I know you're the one asking the questions, but I'm going to yes, take yes, it. Counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it and turn it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever walked to or from your car with your laptop like this? E- no. no, you haven't. Yeah, you haven't. N- no, only because I would generally have a messenger bag with me because I would have I, other stuff. That's what I said. But 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 Kanye West and and Mister Iron Man or, or uh, Mister Yeah Yeah it is Iron Man. Uh, he probably has no, an entourage. He's, he's, people. He's Batman. Okay, then what's a Chris Evans? Uh, he's Thor. No, he's ca- he's Captain America. I really thought I haven't even, I haven't worst. seen <laughs> I haven't seen the latest Avengers so I'm not sure. Uh the Avengers got it. Okay, so <laughs> this I I don't see why this is upsetting cuz uh, the the tagline eh, we won't get into it. But anyway, people people have been getting mad on Twitter about this that this is an irresponsible and uh, and they use a lot of classist statements to describe how maybe maybe uh, Ben Affleck is just so buff that it doesn't take uh cupping it in your palm uh to be a responsible way to hold um a laptop this is a family-friendly show carlos what (laughs) i i don't know what what move along wait what are you i don't even know what you're making a joke about the question is what are you insinuating about what part (laughs) (laughs) let's let's move along okay uh, a couple of two other quick notes before we get into follow up. Um, I should have had you. Well, actually, you're able to listen to things you click on um, while you're recording the podcast, right? Um, maybe. Okay, well, give it a shot. I'm gonna sending a link over, and then I will clip out the audio and send it to you so you can insert it into the show. But uh, um, the uh, Toronto Raptors won the NBA Finals, and apparently, one of their star players is somebody named Kawhi Leonard. Yes, and in the post game interview. Um, somebody captioned uh, his entrance into the post game interview really, really well, and this made me so happy because it 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 um just it 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 it's very accurate. So I'm 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 doing a lot of different things here. I'm talking to you. I'm uploading this Ben Affleck photo of him carrying the laptop because the people demand that's going to be in the notes. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm supposed to click over to the thing because you've sent me something. That I then need to. It's it's play. six seconds. I think you'll survive. It's it's vine length. I've clicked play. I don't hear any audio though, so I don't know if I've got that set up correctly. <laughs> well, that's entirely that's the entire point of it. Hmm. Ah, oh, you killed it. It's okay. I don't I, I don't have audio hijack. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think I do either. No. Are you sure Twitter doesn't auto auto mute um video for you? It's probably that. No, because the little little speaker thing's got the the little you know wave things coming out from it. My computer might be muted though. Oh, here we go. Okay, I think I think this is gonna play now. Here we go. Four, 
Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that's the same sound that I make every time I sit down. That's exactly right. That is what your body does at 28 and a half, and and they're on after. Anyway, this made me very happy. Uh, The whole 90-second interlude into that six-second clip probably is less satisfying for people listening, but it's okay. Uh, Anyway. Uh, And then lastly... um, Last week, when I was testing out um, an update to the Overcast little audio clipping feature thing, I was doing a brief audio quality audit of the show, and um, I acknowledge and apologize for how loud my trackball mouse click is. Um, Not enough to stop using it, but listeners should know I feel guilty about it. I haven't heard it yet tonight. Are you doing something different? Nope. Hmm, okay. I don't know, maybe with this this new office chair, maybe the... um, the microphone placement is maybe, I don't know, maybe it doesn't match up on the focal plane anymore. Is that the chair that you got yelled at about? I didn't get yelled at about the chair. I got yelled at about uh, of being a millennial showroomer. And then I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was an upsetting experience, but I like this chair and it's, and it's, and it's white and it's great. Did you ever send me a link to that? I didn't. I'll take a picture tomorrow and knowing me, I'll just guiltily look at OmniFocus and not do it. Yep. Yeah. Probably like you did a couple weeks ago when you told me you're going to do it. So. Oh, that's because it never made it into my inbox. But now I'm going to do Command Option O and actually put it in there. Hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Of uh, of the chair, great. Um, how many things do you keep in your inbox usually, or how how a quick productivity check in? Do you how often do you clear out your inbox, or how does it stay empty? Inbox usually gets cleared out by the end of the day. I don't keep things. Wow. In my, I don't keep things in my inbox. So you consciously think I should clear this out, or just nothing really goes in there? Kind of a combination of the two. There's not much that goes in there, but when it does, it needs to get assigned to a project so that it's not in the inbox anymore. Is your default like how do you? But how do you know that stuff would be in the inbox? Like, because it's kind of an out of sight, out of mind thing. Uh, well, because when I have the app open if i'm in the forecast view i've got the inbox up in the top left hand corner and it's got the little bar that shows up if there's stuff in there (laughs) i'm a really really technical omnifocus user no no i just i find that really funny because i didn't know you could not have a box there or an indicator there because it's never been empty (laughs) uh it's, it's sad for an entirely different reason yeah i've always my forecast always had red has red on it Oh, that stresses me out so much. Oh, I, my badge only said it's only five right now. Wow, that's I must have lied about saying I got a lot of stuff done today. Great. <laughs> uh, if you lie to yourself, nobody can actually find out you weren't accountable to anything. All right, uh, let's dive into some follow up stuff. So I'm uh, I can use this to shame you a little bit. Um, you're you're a gamer, right? <laughs> With a capital G, yes. Hmm. Um, and you. You're uh, idealistic about gaming, right? A little bit. What does that mean? Um, maybe idealistic is the wrong word. Uh, you're kind of the eternal optimist. Is that, is that even a word? Isn't it idealistic? Uh, I I think no. I mean, it could be pronounced either way. It depends on what side of the Mississippi you're on. Just depends on whether you want to pronounce it correctly or not. No, it's like I think it's like finance and finance, and you're pronouncing it wrong. Oh, don't don't tell me you're somebody who says finance. Well, no, because you just said it a third way with like a weird <laughs> French accent. <laughs> I've been watching too much uh, British Baking Championship. Uh, yeah, 
I kind of want a proofing oven, whatever the hell that is. I don't know what it is, but it seems cool. I, I kind of do too. What but... is it? Does it heat up? Yes. I think it, it heats up and I, I think the key, and don't at me on this, but I think the key is that it keeps the humidity at a precise level because I think humidity is the key to not having soggy bottoms. Correct. Or, or, or having the, uh, the proper structure. Mm-hmm. I have no jokes for that. Anyway, so you're you're idealistic. No, you're uh, you're not, you're idealistic. You're an eternal optimist about gaming or, or about your own particular situation with gaming. Is that right? <laughs> and I, I mean that to say that you are somebody who um you th- you think you have grand visions of using VR and having a gaming PC and doing stuff with games, and it doesn't always pan out. Is that? I don't think that's an attack on your character. I think that's just kind of no, what's happened. No, it's, it's everybody has the like hobby yeah. or something like they want to do that they actually never do. Like gaming, gaming is mine. Gaming is your money pit. Gaming is your yacht. Um, well, not so much anymore. Well, uh, <laughs> hold on. So Google Stadia or Stadia, I don't know. I haven't heard them ever. I haven't watched any like um, keynotes or anything, so I don't know how it's pronounced. Um. But yeah, that is uh, Google's new cloud gaming service where everything's kind of rendered on a server farm and just like a, a low latency connection to your house and either in a browser or using a um, like some type of box that plugs into your TV, you'll be able to play games. And wasn't there another company called OnLive that also kind of did this, but just before its time? Well, <clears throat> kind of well before its time, but yeah. Well, yeah, but but it, like, but it mostly the same concept. They just didn't have the, the Googleness. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Dodgers beat Giants nine to two. Why do I keep these alerts on? Um, yeah. So you bought one of these. I did, and that's where that's where I say that you're like just like the Oculus. You're you're optimistic, and you want to kind of be on the cutting edge of gaming, or you or if you think something sounds cool, you'll give it a try. So well, there's there's a couple of things here. So. It's similar to the Oculus in the sense that the gaming aspect of it's not even really what I'm so interested in. It's more the the technology of it. Uh, but then the difference between this and the Oculus is that this was only one twenty nine. The Oculus required me to purchase the headset, which I think was like six or eight hundred dollars, and then also build a new PC, which was over a thousand dollars. So those those types of days where I'm going to have like a serious investment put in, those are behind me. Like another good example is I have not purchased either of the uh, higher end versions of either the Xbox or the PlayStation. So the the Xbox One X and the PlayStation Four Pro, I have not have not purchased those. First generation of console, I have not purchased since I was in like middle school. Does does the PS Four Pro have wheels? <laughs> I think that's going to be the PS5. Mm-hmm. And then the second joke. Uh, sorry. So old Ryan's dead. Well, it's um, he's not dead. He's just evolved where <laughs> I can still I can still feed this kind of habit of mine that I have where I, I, I want to try out new interesting tech. But my my price ceiling for doing so is, is much lower than it used to be. You're finding cheaper thrills in life. Correct. Show title. All right. Um, 
so yeah, so this seems really cool, but uh, I was just very surprised when I when I threw a link into Slack about um, like they announced pricing and pre-orders. You had mentioned that you had already bought it, so that was, that was just surprising. It was it was an impulse buy. Uh, had a friend send me the link maybe an hour before you did, and you know at one twenty nine, I thought I was already really interested to try this out. That seemed like an exceedingly reasonable price. Um. And, you know, that's kind of like, that's sort of the whole um, kind of appealing thing about Stadia or Stadia, as, as you would probably say, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> where this, the, it's, the barrier it's not to, a real word either way. <laughs> true. The barrier to entry is just so low where instead of buying a four to $500 console at 129 and being able to hook up the device to basically any screen that you have that's really that's really appealing and the way i understand it, i haven't i haven't researched this story much it requires a monthly subscription but that doesn't actually include games or it might only include like very basic free games like you're basically paying for maybe server space and you still have to buy titles on top of it it's not it's not like a netflix or a spotify style thing it's sort of a hybrid where there is going to be this subscription service, which my understanding is that you'll have access to some games with that subscription, but then that there are going to be other games where you'll purchase them in a traditional way like you do with an Xbox or a PlayStation today. Hmm. But but any good games or any, any like premier games are probably going to be in the paid tier. Probably. Yeah. Like is, this is the... Whoa. Uh oh, what is this? This is I'm trying to find um a link that better explains what the um subscription includes. And see that this is what I get for turning on my computer speaker audio for the show. I'm super confused as why the audio wouldn't route to your headphones. It's probably because I don't I just don't have it set that way on my Mac. Huh. Okay, that's fine. Um Yeah, that's so weird that how can you hear me then? So well, maybe I can't um, <laughs> think about that. So this is what I'm going to say for two hours every week. That's, that's correct. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, this GameSpot article that I'll put in the notes um, says that the subscription is called Stadia Stadia. And I'm all confused <laughs> Stadia pro and it will cost $10 per month. It includes access to a selection of free games, discounts on full game purchases and all games will run at 4K at 60 frames per second. That's the other thing with the, the subscription is without the subscription, I think you're limited to 1080p resolution on games. But with the subscription, you'll have access to 4K, which presumably includes like the games that you buy too. Hmm. Which this, I mean, I, I think this approach makes a ton of sense. And it's actually fairly similar to what Microsoft and Sony do, where with the xbox live gold subscription and then with um playstation plus which are their kind of monthly subscription services there are certain games that they offer for free each month which are usually like older or more kind of like indie games but then you know bigger triple a games again as you would say those you still have to buy separately hmm so you bought the Founders Edition. That's the only one that's available for pre-order today, yes. So on LinkedIn, you can actually say you are a founder. Correct. Okay. 
Uh, also, I don't know what the sentence means. First dibs on Stadia name. What does that mean? Uh, your your gamer tag. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope it. I hope it turns out. Um. Turns out nicely. Uh. I don't like it. Comparing it to that Ouya thing is probably misguided, right? Because at least Google has a bunch of money to burn on this, where they can let it not be a great business for a, for a while and try to nurture it. Like eventually, they may just get bored with it. But um, the Ouya thing was um just kind of a Kickstarter and just like it just eventually flailed out and just fizzled out. Yeah, I mean the Ouya analogy is mostly wrong, but <laughs> similar. Jesus. similar in the sense that the key to this is going to be the development support that they get. I mean, Ouya was difficult because it was an entirely different system that developers had to basically rewrite their games for. My understanding of Stadia is that it's going to be a, a small amount of work to take your existing PC or console game and well probably more specifically PC games and and make them run on this thing. So 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 the question I guess is is there a reason why big games cuz they can still probably sell their games for 40 or 60 dollars each. So there's no reason an EA or a Ubisoft is that a thing like that they wouldn't want to participate. Presumably, yeah. I mean if if as long as the economics that Google's charging uh, are similar to something like Steam, then it seems like they'd be potentially interested. Although there is kind of this interesting dynamic that's happening, um, which I don't really think we've talked about on the show, which is, you know, Steam has been sort of the dominant digital platform for PC games for the last decade plus now. But in the last six to 10 months, there's been this really big push by publishers to develop their own they they call this a launcher which is basically you know an application that sits on your computer that gives you access to a store and gives you the ability to buy and download games and then as the name would imply ultimately launch those games and publishers have been really pushing towards kind of building their own launchers because then instead of having Steam control the distribution or Valve control the distribution and take their cut, they can basically just sell direct. And so that's, that's become kind of a new, a new thing in the PC gaming space. So we'll have to kind of see how that plays out with Stadia, because that this is basically another distribution platform. Although if I had to guess, they'll, probably do something where the economics are more favorable than steam or they may even create some kind of integration where they'll kind of plug stadia into these different launchers and so you'll be able to buy the games through each individual publisher store directly so the economics kind of remain the same but then instead of downloading the game maybe it then just you know hooks into your stadia account and you you play it streaming so I think Google, the Google has ways to figure that out. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. Hope it turns out well. Apologies for talking about video games for that long so early. So I think the, 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 the just the last thing I'll say is what, what I'm so interested in is it, it just seems kind of impossible. Like it, this is totally where things are going. Like in, inevitably at some point we will get to the point where the streaming stuff is going to work really, really, really well to the point where 
having like this big box under your TV that you either download games or, you know, put discs into. Maybe there's always going to be some like hardcore niche audience for that. But by and large, I think that's going to be considered pretty out of date at some point. But it just, it doesn't feel like we're there yet. Like this still feels too early. But Google's really, really selling it as if it's not. So that's what I'm fascinated by. It probably is too early. Um, I, I think people who live outside of major cities, it probably won't work well. Because like they they just won't have the late the low latency to a Google server farm to make this whole thing work as allegedly good as it currently works. But but I mean I'm you know I, I'm lucky enough to have access to a really good internet connection you know have the you know good Wi-Fi and everything. But I I still don't think it's going to work very well. I'm I'm skeptical that it's going to work very well. I think it'll work fine. I just think it's going to have other flaws. Uh, but I don't think the, the latency is going to be the issue. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll bet you a case has been drift on it. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should have saved this, the, the gaming stuff for later. Everybody's probably tuned out. Uh, Uber is making a partnership with, or they, they've doubled down on their partnership with Volvo. Uh, previously, you'll remember in their self-driving tests in um, Pittsburgh and uh Arizona in Phoenix, uh, the same spot where that self-driving car um, uh, killed a passenger, or not a passenger, uh, um, pedestrian. Uh, that was a Volvo XC90, but apparently they have mended their business relationship, and uh, Volvo will actually now be pr- uh, producing um, self-driving test vehicles for Uber with all the LiDAR and, and self-driving equipment uh, integrated at the factory level. Which is kind of neat. I would. I only put this in here because it seems interesting that Volvo would like to as deeply integrate themselves with that, uh, with a kind of troubled company, and also just kind of when you think of Uber's um, self-driving efforts, like I don't know if you Google it, like it, it does the first thing that comes up is it like the smashed um, front end of the XC90, and it just feels like a weird pairing, or that they would want to really do that. Definitely seems like a gamble for sure. Yeah. Um, so we had something in, oh yeah, uh, so away, uh, they are with a new round of funding, um, away suitcases, uh, after their series D is now valued at $1.4 billion. That's amazing. Yeah. Makes them a unicorn and, um, good. I I was just going to say that, um, so, you know, I, I think I put this article in the thing actually maybe while I was on my trip last week. Um, but one thing I do really notice now, I don't know if you see this too, and it, some of it probably is just like being in the Bay Area thing. It is. But I I do see a lot of these suitcases, like a lot, mm-hmm. like way, way more than I ever would have thought I would. Yeah, they're everywhere. But again, this is the Bay Area, man. Yeah. Same thing where like you, you like I don't think you would see all birds and stuff like out, out in the regular world yet. That, that's definitely a thing here. Um, the suitcases are everywhere, um, and they're kind of iconic in how, um, minimalist is the wrong word, but like, it's, it's a plain look, but it, it, it looks nice. And the fact that it comes in like a spectrum of colors, um, I don't know. It's, it's got a shape that's just super easy to tell that it's an away carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, so good for them. Uh, yeah, I like my bag. The the packing cubes are too expensive. Um, most of their stuff is too expensive, but I really like my carry on, and I kind of want to get a big one, but I have a tiny apartment, and yeah, yeah, bi- oh, man, big suitcases are tricky because I don't use I, I, them. Yeah, I do not have a place for it at all. I don't have a garage, so I don't know what I would do with it. And like you, you use them like once a year at most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although it's um, kind of cool that you can nest them, nest like, them yeah. like a Russian doll, you know, mm. a Russian interference doll. <laughs> um, that that interview was something, wasn't it? Of which one? <laughs> Sorry, uh, the one where everybody said my wife. Um, no, the uh, one with George Stephanopoulos in the Oval Office. I I didn't. I you didn't. had to have seen clips of it. it just I, yeah, just just the clips though. Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah, um, today, today's the daily wasn't great either. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to that actually in after one more item. Um, and you put a thing in here. Um, actually, don't think there's much Apple news this week, so we'll probably front load this here or pull forward this news. Um, on nine to five Mac, they put together a couple of photos people have sent in from recent um changes to Apple retail stores, and I find these actually super interesting. So, the first one is. And this looks so unApple like, but I mean, whatever, kind of makes sense. Um, have you had you been into an Apple store and looked at kind of the way the iPhones were laid out maybe four months ago? I did, and it it was kind of odd. There were just like maybe like most Apple stores, like I mean, our local Marin Apple store and and a few that I've been to are not like flagship stores and they're not that big, but they would have maybe like four tables each with like twelve iPhones, not necessarily arranged in any particular way, and just kind of just hanging out. And like the iPhones all, I mean, Apple's pretty good at doing integrated D, um, like pricing and displays where you can get all the info about the product on the phone itself. So there's kind of very little um, signage related to what you're supposed to be looking at. But yeah, it seems like they're going to a much more like this seems like something you would see at Best Buy where it's just like, here's the model. Here's what we think the marquee features are. And that's it. Oh, shit. Sorry. Like, so are you on the page? Yes. Okay. So go to the second image where it shows the iPhone uh, XS. Like where they show Super Retina display, long-lasting battery. Do you see it? Yep. <laughs> From thirty ninety nine per month or seven twenty nine. Yeah. That's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because that's... Um, oh, sorry for the levels. Because um, that's not even on like some rotating display that can easily say, oh, uh, with trade and blah, blah, blah. That... That is so sketchy because that phone, as astute uh, readers and listeners, have we ever typed anything? Yeah, you read the show notes. Um, that phone retails for $999. Uh, most people would round up to 1000 but apparently only costs $729. Yeah, it's got a little one on it, though. Uh, what a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> um, okay, so apparently they have that. Um, and then they have, uh, so that's the baby brother, apparently. And then they have the 10R on the left and then the gigantic uh, 10S Max on the right. So I, mean, I guess it kind of makes sense at maybe helping people understand what the differences between those models are when kind of the fact that the um, 10R had um, so a surprising amount of feature parity compared to the other one uh, or to the to the top tier models that that maybe was confusing for people. But that. That's interesting and different, but also, yeah, the, I did not notice before we started talking about this, the fact that the sketchy mass pricing is there. So I, I'm, I mostly agree that this is a good layout, but I, 
I do think it sort of highlights the problem that Apple has with this iPhone lineup, which I, we've talked about before, but I think it's just, it's brought into starker contrast when the phones are laid out like this. It's like, if you're someone who walks up to this display in the first photo where you've got all, you know, the, the 10R, the 10S and the 10S Max. So you're, you're, you're looking, you're looking at these features for like maybe the first time and you're you, like, I, I don't know, my first reaction would probably be wait. So the phone that comes in more colors has a larger display and has better battery life is cheaper. It's, it's comparing the 10 S and the 10 R is very odd. And like I've, I've now in the last few months helped a few friends and family get new iPhones and like the, the 10 R is just, it's such a no brainer. I just, I cannot really think of a single person where the 10 S would make sense over the 10 R. Raise his hand. It's too big, but if you don't mind a big phone, it's a fantastic value. Yeah, but to but to pay to pay more for a smaller screen, it's so hard to one hand the ten R. I, uh, I I I get if I get if the the ten R screen is truly uncomfortable, then yeah, you're right. I I'll acknowledge that that's probably like the one the one use case I could think of. But other than other, other than that, it just I don't know. It, it's such a such a weird comparison, such a weird lineup. What's better, Liquid Retina or Super Retina? That, these are not great names. Well, and I mean, I, we've talked about that ad nauseum too. Like, and I, I think again, having the phones side by side will highlight this. Like, I'm a, you know, I'm a well documented kind of screen nerd, and you know, we <laughs> went, went through the process of getting rid of our like one year old TVs so that we could get OLED TVs. And I, I really can't tell the difference between an LCD phone and an OLED phone. Like it's, it, I guess if you have like a pure black image on the screen, sure. But in normal use, it's really hard to tell. And I actually would say that certain colors and like color temperature actually might even look a little bit better on the LCD screen and the viewing angles are better too. Yeah. I dispute that you can't tell the difference part, but actually the second half of what you said actually does make sense. Um, cause OLED does have, um, the bluish tint and kind of the, the questionable viewing angles. Yeah, I thought they would start to address that with the 10S this last year, but no, it's the same kind of mediocre OLED screen that the 10 came with. Uh, they made some updates to the Apple Watch display where you, and it looks weird how the way it's filled in, but I don't know if you remember from uh, recent store visits, there used to be kind of this big sunken in um, under glass display of just a ton of Apple Watches. And now they filled that in with um, non-matching wood inserts and a bunch of Apple Watches that sit on top of it, which uh, makes more sense because it looks like you're encouraged to pick these up, whereas previously you would get yelled at if you touched any of it because um, you did not uh, specify that you wanted a try-on session on the Apple leather mat. Um, yeah, so that that looks different. And then the last bit is they have it got and it looks it looks like a target a, a target a target self checkout line where there's just a big cardboard sign that says pay for your accessories here. This this mm. the the checkout experience at an Apple store is so weird. Unless you're somebody, unless you are all in and you're just some weird nerd like us, trying like being like, oh, I can scan it myself and I can give Apple my money without talking to anybody. Um, it is weird, 
of just trying to flag somebody down that I want to buy something, but they're having to juggle 40 people that are mad that Apple's slowing down their phones because of the battery. <laughs> like, right. And I know that's an unfair um, uh, distillation of that argument, but still, like, I don't know. It's it's always weird. There just needs to be an area where it says, like, hey, this is the area where you can pay for stuff. Doesn't have to be like a checkout line, but just kind of like exist around here and there will be people looking to take money from you. Right, because like even like I guess this express checkout sign sort of helps, but then the the question instantly becomes like, all right, well, if I'm not buying like one of these five accessories or mm-hmm. one of the other accessories here, like where do I go? Well, but here's the thing: if you're at an Apple store, you are somebody buying one of those five accessories because one of them is a USB-C adapter. <laughs> and if you want to plug anything into your uh, computer with the broken keyboard, you need that adapter. You know, I have to admit, this is going off on a little bit of a tangent, but kind of um, living the uh, USB-C lifestyle, as you would say, for the, I don't know, maybe last six-ish months or so, kind of starting to like USB-C. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, it can still be a little bit of a pain in the ass at times, but like, when it works, it works really well. I don't think anybody dislikes the USB-C lifestyle. I think they dislike that... Apple themselves is not fully embracing it and they have like just piss poor first party USB-C accessories. So therefore live it like the fact that the iPhone doesn't come with a cable you can plug into your brand new $2,000 computer. It's stuff like that where Apple hasn't fully embraced it. That's kind of annoying. The iPhone's going to go USB-C though, right? Not, not probably not this year, but like it's probably like next year, right? Yeah. Oh, damn it. I wanted to bet. Um, yeah, I would say I would say no to this year, but definitely next year. Yeah, because seems, Apple seems like... wants to um, like I I think they really appreciate the little accessory and um, the lock in moat that they have with uh, Lightning, but eventually the whole having a different connector on the iPad Pro and on the laptops versus the phone is is probably gonna is gonna win out. Well, and I think like it, it used to be, especially in the thirty pin days where these accessories and like the you know works with ipad or works with iphone rather like that that was apple's kind of recurring revenue stream from the hardware but you know now they've got this whole services thing where i think that in some ways has kind of replaced the need to have the the hardware lock-in yeah that new space race show is only going to be available on USB-C thumb drives <laughs> that's right did you um you listened to the daily on monday right the one about the russian power grid thing yes did it bother you that they just kept saying uh they referred to flash drives as usbs over and over again i don't, I didn't really notice that hearing it now does that bother you that does bother me yeah uh it was very weird not that it's like the wrong term but i do that's just yeah usb is a lot of stuff and also i haven't used a flash drive in years I, that, that actually was something I did think about during the episode was, God, when's the last time I used a flash drive and do I even like have a flash drive? Like I must, I must somewhere, but like memory cards all the time. Hell yeah. But like, um, otherwise yeah, just Dropbox for everything. Right. Which now costs me $12 a month. Uh, we'll get yeah, to why. But remember, remember USB drives? Like when you and I first started working at Best Buy, I think a one gigabyte flash drive was like i don't know 70 80 bucks don't, something don't, like that don't, don't get me started on people used to put like this is, this is old person talk so Kawhi leonard can uh pull up a chair and, and sit down and get 
gets sad when he sits down. Uh, remember when the sand disk drives used to come with this weird, like, sketchy U3 OS on it? Oh, yeah, they all, you... they, they all had kind of had their weird OS, but yeah, sand disk was the worst. But how was that not like an instant malware trigger, like where just random shit pops up when you insert a USB drive into somebody's computer? Well, I mean, it basically was. But it, in the same way that, like, when you used to buy a new Windows PC and, like, 18 Windows I, would... I don't think that's a used to situation, man. I think, no, I think most Windows computers now come fairly clean, don't they? No. I I thought there was like a big movement to fix that a few years ago. There kind of was. Microsoft put their, I think it was called Windows Signature, which of course it was, um, movement out there to um, get people to stop crapping up their PCs. But I've seen a couple of people who have relatively recent, not high-end HP laptops, but like middle of the road or maybe budget laptops and they absolutely still have all the like i don't think they have like comic cursor and like um like all the i don't think there's like juno uh dial-up trials on them anymore but i think there's still like a preview version of office 365 and a whole bunch of garbage on them like but i maybe that's different i mean because that's probably a bay area thing as well where if somebody buys a microsoft surface microsoft's obviously not crapping up their computers so I think people in this community probably buy higher-end Windows computers, if that's their thing, where the entire Surface line does not have that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Apple Store. So, yeah, anyway, uh, changes to the Apple Store are, like, good, but also, I don't know. Yeah, good. Like, I, I hope it gets better, but this doesn't necessarily... I don't know, that, that, that 729 pricing is... is sketchy as hell mm-hmm. all right and then lastly an old business or kind of this maybe is a transition into new business uh the weekly from the new york times uh is a show that they started three weeks ago um that is available on the cable channel now owned by disney fx and it's available on hulu the next day i do not know if it's available for free on hulu does does hulu have any free content anymore or is it all walled away into at least like a $7 paid plan? I think it's all walled away. Hmm. Yeah, I just went to Hulu.com and I do not see any way to do anything other than start a free trial. Yeah, so I watched two episodes this evening because they're only half hour. And uh, thanks to TiVo's uh, ad skip, they are only 21 minutes long. Um, and... uh cautious thumbs up like uh, my main concern and this is not a knock against the show is um in print and on the day of uh, the daily the audio podcast um you can get like there's so much that you can say and uh the fact that they put in audio storytelling with the daily is great and like i was concerned whenever they um when they started the daily and they were uh inviting the reporters onto the show to tell their stories i was always like oh well like people who are investigative reporters and who are great writers like they're probably maybe not necessarily naturally um gifted um like speakers and people who would would have uh who'd be able to it's like spin an interesting narrative on the radio but most people kind of succeed at that i feel like it's weird that with the weekly though like tv is just different where I just don't feel like uh, reporters should have to be like triple threats, like where they're good on camera and great interviewers and also great reporters. Like that just seems like a lot to ask. And the two episodes I watched were were like entertaining and informative and good. I just feel like that that's that's a lot to ask. 
where maybe certain stories might not get covered because the person who, or might not get converted to this medium because the person reporting them isn't that photogenic or able to um, make compelling TV. I don't know. Yeah, Bill Simmons has talked a lot about this because, you know, obviously his forte is audio with his podcast network, but he has also done some TV stuff on ESPN and with HBO. And he's been very transparent with kind of his experience and how being on screen is way, way harder than uh, doing audio. So yeah, I agree. I I think even the audio part's kind of a lot to ask of probably a lot of these reporters, but then yeah, taking it the next step and doing video, that seems that seems tough. Yeah. I mean it's 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 well put together, but yeah, that that's my central concern that is not unique to this at all. Um a shout out to friend of the show, Mike Isaac, who is in the opening credits for the show. Oh. But nice. has has currently not been on any of the programs. Uh, but I've only watched two so far. All right. Um, can we? Uh, this is this is. Sorry to make this such a me heavy episode. But do you want to talk? Do you want to transition into still or sparkling? Uh, yeah, let's do it. I'm I'm very excited. So you said this is a big week in still still or sparkling. Yeah, I think that's what we're gonna have to rename the show. So uh, there's kind of a sparkling water crisis in my house, um, and I've just sent you a picture, and I'll maybe let you understand why. there's there's a lot of questions here wait other than the obvious (laughs) what else is there are you mad Um, at my feta cheese so i see a one can of sparkling water one lonely can of spark that's all that matters here there's nothing else to describe a bottle of still water so very on brand for still or sparkling oh yeah i got got my my keynote water and i see Three bottles, uh, well, I guess two bottles of wine and a bottle of champagne. So there's the the alcohol outnumbers the water, and then I see, Jesus. and then I see like pow- powdered cheese. Like, uh, like no no offense, but this looks like it could have been a picture of your refrigerator, like when we were sophomores in college. Okay, why am I getting dragged for this? I think that's the term young people use. <laughs> yeah. Okay, one. Am I am I lighting you up here? Is that no? I think that's a drug reference. Um, no, <laughs> no. So one, this is a picture of a quarter of my refrigerator, and normally it is abundant with three or sorry, with four uh, stacked eight packs of Spindrift. And um, but but do you still just only have powdered cheese, or do you have other food in there? Too? No, no, I, I have much other stuff. So no, it's just that at the top there again. That's that's my that's my I have my uh, Parmigiano uh, Parmesan Reggiano, and I have my feta cheese for my lamb burgers. <laughs> this is again my fridge is filled with many uh adult foods but i i am showing the absence of like that left like top left quadrant kind of like you know in the steve jobs there's the imac there's the power mac and then there's the um, ibook and the power book like the spindrift quadrant of my product life cycle is is normally full uh with uh half and half lemon lime and i'm i'm back on board with grapefruit Oh, I haven't, I haven't had grapefruit yet. All 17 calories of it. Um, mm. Yeah, but so again, even though I'm getting unfairly dragged uh, for this, um, well, there's nothing wrong with feta cheese. Feta cheese is delicious. Makes good salad. Out, out of the picture, uh, some mixed salad greens. 
Um, I'm, so, I'm putting you on blast. That was that was the phrase I was looking for earlier. Yeah, not lighting me up, but again, but dragging is the appropriate term. <laughs> um, yeah, so one one lone can of raspberry lime. So yeah, so Target the last three visits has been out of stock on it. So like I'm having a constitutional crisis, but sparkling water and uh, Safeway no longer carries it, and we'll get to what they do carry now. And then Trader Joe's has it, but it's two dollars more expensive than everywhere else. And they don't carry half and half. Which is weird for Trader Joe's, because normally their pricing is stellar. Aggressive, yeah. They're, it's German. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, well, you, you, there's an easy solution to all of this. I'm not buying a subscription online. No, 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 no. What that. is my subscription? Or what is, what, what is my option? What, what <laughs> well, is your solution? It, it, is, it is a subscription. Uh, Costco. No. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want the combo pack. I forgot what was in the but combo pack. But you can get pack. the... So you, uh, it was the raspberry lime uh-huh lemon okay. i'm on board okay and, and grapefruit okay i'm on board with that but i don't want to go to nevado that's that's like that might as well be in canada um <laughs> but then they also have an 18 pack of just lemon that's too much that's the that's the main reason why i don't have a costco membership one i don't have the place the, i don't have the storage space or the square footage to have 48 rolls of toilet paper gotta start building sheds man I, I'll, I'll ask the landlord or I'll use the trail behind my house as a gigantic shed. Um, I could do a little zip line to get the toilet paper. <laughs> uh, that that actually, is not going to be the actually show. Would be, that actually would be pretty cool. It would be. Make it motorized, make it lady in a can compatible. Oh, this, of, this is getting weird. A lot of opportunity here. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, see, that's what you could use a Raspberry Pi for. A raspberry pie to obtain my raspberry lime spindrift. <laughs> it's very meta. Uh-huh. What was I talking about? So what was... Yeah, what was it? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Nevada was the Surrey of Canada. Okay. Um, what was it? The... Yeah, Costco, I, I don't want uh, like 50 of the same thing. That's where, like, I mean, I don't know what the deal is with Target's uh, supply chain. Like, this is... Where's where's Ming-Chi Kuo on this to help me get to the bottom of where my spindrift is? Uh, or Roger Quo, sorry. <laughs> like I, I don't know, man. Like it's it's because fr- I don't want to pay seven dollars. Like seven dollars is approaches because it's an eight pack. That that's almost a dollar a can, and then that makes me feel guilty for not just drink, drinking tap water. That's some, that's some chip gains math right there. What do you mean? The, just kind of your 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 simplified math. Well, it's not. It's seven divided by eight. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> what Does, i think people could have figured out that yeah but so an eight, eight pack at seven dollars was about oh oh sorry you're mocking me for pretending do do i have to say that i'm i'm your your one dollar upside on this eight can of eight <laughs> <laughs> fucking fixer upper i haven't watched it in a while but but in retrospect that that now bothers me way more than it did before because that that is that's not good chip um, anyway, so yeah, th- that's the problem. So I need to figure out if I'm going to suck it up and start paying Trader Joe's prices, but then they also, they don't have the half and half. And that's, that's, that's the, the, the secret, that's the beyond meat. That's the secret sauce that I need of, of sparkling water. So it's weird because we, um, I think we frequent the same targets. Yeah. And... The one with the best view of any target in California. Right. It's, um, it seems like they would get the hint at some point that they need to start stocking more Spindrift. Like, they they literally have more EV chargers than they do cans of Spindrift. Can we, uh, quick quick tangent, what happens when everybody drives an EV? 
Like, just is there going to be an EV charger at every parking space in America? Like, how on earth do you power and all that? Sorry, that was just that occurred to me when I was a couple days ago. No, it's it's a it's a good question, and you see it in a kind of a microcosm with the Tesla supercharger network, where it's become a huge problem. Where especially in California, like along busy freeways, where basically all day, every day, supercharging stations are at or at least near capacity, and it's it's becoming a it's becoming a, a significant issue for them. Like to the point where at certain stations now, they're by default limiting your ability to only charge up to 80% instead of all the way up to 100%, which in fairness is usually the right strategy anyway, but um, nonetheless highlights the fact that, yeah, capacities, uh, it's a big problem. And like that target is actually a rare exception where they seem to have kind of an abundance of EV spaces and they're kind of, you know, there's always plenty available, but like almost everywhere else I've ever been, including that Novato Costco that you're referring to, which has a couple of EV chargers. Almost every time where a parking lot offers EV chargers in the Bay Area, they're full. Yeah. It's like it's very rare where there's an open one. So what you're saying is that uh, EM or uh, E-Musk is uh, the two t- uh, 2010 uh, Jimmy Carter. Basically. Okay. That's a bonus tip for people who remember the gas lines of the 1970s. So yes, I don't know. I I I and you know, I just like can the like RPR um like parking garage owners really gonna put in like if you have a fifteen hundred space parking garage like rather than the twenty EV charging stations a modern one might have now like are they really gonna how do you feed that much electricity into one? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Stiller Spark- Okay, so yeah, the the new news about Stiller Sparkling is do you do we have this? Where did I put the thing? It's in podcast ideas. Oh, this is this is the photo that you took. Yeah. Wow, it's been a while since we had a show. Uh, bird scooters. Yeah, I still haven't tried the the blueberry or the blackberry um, spindrift. I don't know. No, that was the first one that I had. You said All it was right. bad, eh, or you weren't didn't love it's okay. it. It's better with gin than it is without. Yeah, the ninety six percent of my sparkling water usage is, is uh, clean, or or is is just dr- uh, drinking during business hours. So that's yeah, right. yeah. All right. So at the Safeway, when I was looking for Spindrift, there were two new additions that I was very intrigued by. So uh, Pellegrino, which I did not know was is owned by Nestle, so that kind of takes away from the Italian charm of it. Uh, has a new line, and you said something that I thought was actually interesting because it brings up two points where you had mentioned that. You had, uh, what do you say? I haven't had that specific style of S Pellegrino. Wow, put the S in there. But have had similar ones. They're way too sweet. So I think you're confusing. Pellegrino has, um, I think it's called Limonata or something, uh, where it, it's like a high sugar, uh, yeah, San Pellegrino lemonade. Well, yeah, it comes in like a regular size 12-ounce can, and it's got the foil over the yes. top of the lid for some yes. reason. So, but that's not sparkling water. Okay. Or it's it's not like the modern sparkling water where there's no stuff in it. Like, that's basically like Italian soda. Yeah. Wow. What is, oh, um, uh, in terms of related products on Amazon, they're showing uh, the strawberry spindrift that you had a very negative review on. Two and a half stars on Amazon. Yikes. Yeah, it's too, too sweet. Too artificial tasting. 
Wow, you you are in concurrence with the Amazon public. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so like the the Pellegrino Limonata, like I actually really like that, but it has so much sugar that that's kind of like a once a year thing. Like that's just isn't so, it so, like it's like twenty plus grams of sugar. For- Per can, isn't it? I mean, everything is though. Like, I mean, like if you, I hope you never drink Gatorade. Like, all no, that stuff no, no, is no. so bad for you. I mean, I, I don't ever work out. Why would I? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's couch fuel, or like you're a gamer. You like the MTN DEW, the the, the, the code gamer, red game, gamer fuel. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus. Uh, so yeah, so there's a new version, or there there's a new Pellegrino thing that's called uh, S Pellegrino Ascenza. Which is basically their Lacroix knockoff, and I I bought a pack uh, of the tangerine plus wild strawberry flavor one. It is disgusting. It's the worst. It it's uh, I drank two of them, gave up on it. It's very very bad. Uh, but yeah, it just shows that everybody's getting in on the on the sparkling water thing. And then the last thing is that apparently they make uh, caffeinated sparkling water. So since you're giving up coffee, Light, maybe- lightly caffeinated sparkling water. Yeah, I did. A, I did a Google search on how much uh, caffeine is in there versus a regular cup of coffee. It's um, it's about a third of uh, the content of an eight ounce cup of coffee, which is not enough. But no, um, that, that's. I mean, an eight ounce cup of coffee is not really enough. And so, if you take a third, <laughs> you take a third of that, then yeah, we're not we're not really going anywhere. So I, I have a question about both of these. Uh, me too. Yeah. So I'm going to read off the flavors here. So I have the, the lightly caffeinated sparkling water one open. So we'll start with that. So the two flavors I see here are blood orange and ginger mint. And then if I go to the San Pellegrino picture that you took, I see lemon and lemon zest. That's, that's one flavor. Tangerine and wild strawberry, which is the one that you said you tried. And dark morello cherry and pomegranate. So my question is, why, why is it that producers who are entering the sparkling water space, why do they feel the need to just come up with like the weirdest, dumbest flavors possible? Like what's, what's wrong with just like a good lemon or a good lime or something simple? Because sparkling water is like Bitcoin. Like everybody has, like it's this weird land rush and everybody's trying to make it as weird as possible or like, or just like bolt on different ideas to it, like a, a fairly reasonably sound concept. I wish I could have discreetly snapped a photo of this. I was sitting behind a guy on the ferry on Monday at like seven in the morning and he, he was just, he, he was just, he was going to town on a, a bubbly, some kind of like, I think it was dark cherry. Like I, I don't, I don't start my morning with sparkling water. I don't know what your opinion is there, but that's not my first beverage of the morning. Usually two things. I know you won't do it, but going to ten, I, I I am very going to much use the overcast clipping feature for you saying going to town on a bubbly. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna clip the one about you talking about like I forget what we were talking about, but you said like holding it in the palm of your hand or yeah, you got weird there for a minute. Yeah, holding holding that that sounds normal. <laughs> yeah, holding a laptop in the palm of your hand, like you know, kind of like. You know, this, that's not weird. I've got you flustered now. No, but that's not weird. <laughs> you complain of that, uh, that I pulled my laptop Kanye style, but that's not a, it's not a thing anyway. So yeah, that that's, uh, I, I don't know why everybody keeps making stupid flavors. Like the, the, these are bad matchups too. That's the one thing where I think spin drift is how, how are they not sponsoring yet? Like their flavors are great. Except obviously except for strawberry. 
Like I'm even coming around on grapefruit. Like they're just good flavors that don't taste artificial and they're just good. Like there's no uh like dumb LaCroix false pretension of pomplemousse or something like this. Like it's just it's it's good sparkling water. Yeah, I think I think so much of this is really dumb. But I do kind of want to try the caffeinated one because um I've sworn off energy drinks and I haven't had one in like five months. Um, like I still drink coffee, but but like, but no, like pure, like garbage, like Rockstar or Red Bull energy drinks. But I kind of do really want caffeinated sparkling water. Yeah, that actually seems like something that would be worthwhile trying. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like enough caffeine to really even bother, but it's it's worth a try. Yeah, also, yeah, I'm I'm with you on the energy drink thing. There was a period of time, kind of like post college, where I was pretty heavy on like Red Bull and stuff, and it's it's been a few years now, and I've I've cut that stuff out, and that that's been good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so sparkling water, a really interesting space. That's why we'll probably rename the show. Um, because on a percentage basis, we probably talk more about that than technology. So. Uh, that is it. Okay, so let's talk about anything else. Uh, uh, do you want to have E3 be the last thing or up next? I have to admit, E3, it, weird combination of just not being as plugged into the gaming stuff anymore, and then I was out of town when it happened, so I, I don't really have a lot to say on the E3 front. I'm still kind of getting caught up there. Great. Or, or, or there we go. Um, no, all I saw is something, something, something. Microsoft is making a really powerful Xbox that does 8K. Is that accurate? Yes. Great. Uh, do 8K TVs exist? No. Am I missing something? No. Doesn't it require a lot of graphics power to... Aren't we still struggling with making 4K games that are great? I mean, I, I, I think the thing is that um, my understanding of this announcement is... They didn't give it a name, they didn't give it a release date, and they didn't talk about pricing. So did they did the full Eon? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but I actually was What else kinda, is there this episode? I, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking about this a little bit. Like, do you think there's any obligation for the media where when a company and I'm using really large air quotes here, announces a product, but they they don't provide any of the criteria that I just talked about, name, price, release date. Like, like what's what's the line between just advertising versus news? Well, it depends. Are you trying to secure access uh, to the next story or are you trying to report? But yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Where well, yeah, but which, just, which one do you want? Like well, because we I know mean, how this works, right? But that, that's that's what that's what I'm getting at here. Where like, I got, I guess I'm not suggesting that like people should just have ignored Microsoft's E3 press conference, but I just you know I, I guess like when you when you go to a press conference as a journalist, I would I would think that you're expecting to cover news, and something like this new Xbox announcement just kind of felt like like a teaser ad. And I just, I don't know if that's really like, I don't know if that's worth covering as news. I, I think you could very much uh, cover it in the, uh, the same way that people cover concept cars. But, but, I, but I would say that people should not cover concept cars. I that's think That's kind of what I'm getting at here. I don't think Why? they should. Why? 
Because it's 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 advertising. It's not it's not news. Well, but it's not the Times. Or like it's like. Well, yeah, I mean, I know. Like, it's, if you're car yeah. and driver, and you're you say that um, Lexus is unveiling a new like track concept, and it has no price release date or whatever, but it's just cool. Like that, that's great. But again, like it needs to not be couched of um, Microsoft's bold new strategy for ultra high definition gaming revealed it would be microsoft introduces a concept thing that has no details or price but seems kind of nifty but i don't think uh the giant bomb really cares to cover that or like i don't think they would frame it that way because that's just too skeptical and and it um like nobody from microsoft's gonna want to talk to an outlet that's framing it in in the realistic way that it is (sighs) okay well that was fast um Okay, let's let's uh, let's uh, talk about some inside baseball stuff real quick. So Spotify, um, and, and I know that you're not a user, but maybe you saw some stuff online about it. Um, Spotify, uh, they bought Gimlet, they bought they bought Anchor, right? That podcasting startup. Yes. Yeah. Um, they released a big uh, UI redesign on mobile this week, where they they changed a whole ton of the app, and in the whole like your music slash library section is very very different now. And I sent you a couple of screenshots of it, but um, yeah, they are, uh, tr- it's not, this is not a Pandora style thing. Like they have made podcasting so front and center where it is literally um, just right up there like it, with, with your music. There are two tabs under the your library section now. One that says music, one that says podcast and podcasting is big in the app now. Um. Apparently, I don't know if you submitted it. Our show's in there. I don't know how where they got that from. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Like so. That's. Huh. I always thought you had to opt into Spotify, but well, um, I think. Well, let me. As we're talking here, I think I saw something about because you know we use. Oh, did Fireside? Fireside. Yeah, I think it. I think it was one of those things where you could opt out of it, but I, I do think by default it was opt in. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. Apple Podcasts, Podcast Apps. Yeah, I don't know. We there is a Spotify section here, but we don't have anything filled out there. So yeah, I guess I don't. I don't exactly know how that happened, but we're totally in there, and it sounds great. That's where I was doing my audio spot checking here and here and here in the loud clicks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I think it's interesting. I like I I know you I know you you haven't used it, but you 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 dislike uh, Spotify's UI strongly. Um, I don't know. Like, I really like it. Um, I'm, uh, on the fence about this change, but I, I, I don't know how to feel about it. Like I, I, I really like podcast in the uh, podcasting in the Marco Arment style of just like, he's a big uh, champion of just it being free and rss and just kind of the way it's always been and that's just a a good way to do it and if you want to release a thing where you have paid podcasts and it's a siloed thing yeah do do whatever you want but uh like don't try to pull a luminary where you try to pretend like you invented podcasting and just try to charge people for it and and mock the free model and i kind of don't know where spotify fits in that so far but it really feels like they think there's a lot of traction here where like you you for a service with a hundred million users or however many users Spotify has, like you don't just dramatically redesign your app to include it and give it that um 
prominent like UI real estate without thinking you're super into it. And from as far as I could tell, there's no way to hide podcasts. So I don't, I don't know. I just think, I think it's super interesting. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And I actually think it's, it's probably a good idea because for the hardcore podcast listeners like us, we're always going to want a separate app. But I think for, for more casual listeners, having music and podcasts all live in the same place probably makes a ton of sense. Like, I guess the analogy that I would use is like, you know, I still use Pandora and it's by no means the best on-demand music service that's out there, but I'm not like a huge hardcore music listener. So for me, the convenience of just having radio on-demand, all that stuff just in one app is great. And I don't, I don't necessarily need like best-in-class on-demand music listening. Like, I, I guess maybe you get with Spotify. So I guess I, I kind of do see the appeal of if you're a more casual podcast listener, how it would be kind of convenient just to have that be in the same app that you're listening to music in. Yeah. Um, yeah, super interesting. Um, it is It is really cool to see, and this is definitely not an original thought, but like, it's cool to see podcasts seemingly like really starting to like become like a mainstream thing. Not that's not fully there yet, but it feels like with things like the daily and with Spotify embracing them, like podcasts really are a lot more of a broader medium than they were, you know, when you and I first started listening to them, like, you know, Oh six, Oh seven. Yeah. Or, or creating them. I think we're, we're pioneers. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty neat. And again, I I don't think Spotify is as, as evil as a lot of the other um, people who are maybe trying to get in on the podcasting land rush or or whatever. So well, we'll see where it goes. Uh, we're an hour fourteen. Uh, eh. you want to do some some quick hits? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, there's a new Kindle Oasis three months after I bought mine. It looks like the only change about it is that it has they've gotten on the whole. Uh, anti blue light bandwagon where the backlight on the the Kindle is now can be you can customize how warm it is and it looks um, yellower versus blue or white depending on how you customize it do you buy into the whole anti blue light thing no I mean true true tone in my opinion is objectively bad I have true tone turned off on all of my devices I've given it really honest tries but but what about a monochrome device like this where there's no color reproduction to worry about do you still think like because everybody who who like it was like two or three years ago where people were like oh yeah blue blue light is is bad for your health or some some garbage like that do you on a device like this where there is no color to be concerned about do you buy into it no because even in this uh press photo that's in this nine to five uh, Mac article that we'll put in the notes. Like it, it, it just it looks bad. Like I, I just looking at this screen. Like I don't want to look at a screen that's that color temperature. I would rather see the one that's on the right hand side here, which is where it appears that the True Tone thing is turned off. Yeah. Also, uh, I don't trust people who who bring candles into the bath. <laughs> also, people who take baths at all. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, this is this this is upsetting. Um, and also, why are you on chapter one? That shows that you you're only 
you've not actually read this book. You're, you're, just, you're, put, ta- you're, you're taking the picture for the gram. Exactly. <laughs> uh, nice. It's good. Good pull. Um, yeah. So that's that. Uh, other Amazon news. Uh, they apparently had a thing that was kind of like Uber Eats and DoorDash that was in the U.S. And they would always occasionally send you coupons. And they've called it quits on that. Good. Yeah, I always meant to try this and never did. So maybe maybe I'm the reason to shut down. Yeah, Jeff's going to cancel your prime. <laughs> uh, wait, I forget. Is he evil? Or is, is he on a is he on a full name basis? I forget. I think we have we have mixed feelings about him. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, are you up to speed on what? Um, what AT&T is trying to do with the subscriptions. I keep, I keep reading competing stories. I'm, I'm not the only time I've seen it reference was the thing that you put in the thing. Yeah. Okay. We'll save it. But overall, like HBO, many, many people seem okay with paying for HBO go slash HBO. Now uh, we'll see if people keep it after game of Thrones is over, but like, it seems like AT&T wants to combine either that like they're, they're grappling with, do they combine that with all the other Time Warner, Warner Media stuff that they own as one mega subscription or try to do other subscriptions? And do they price it super cheaply and aggressively like Disney is doing with Disney Plus? Well, that's what I was going to say, because the article that I saw that you put in the thing had said that it it wanted to do something like 16, 17 bucks a month. And just that I don't know how they would possibly market that in a world where Disney Plus is six ninety nine. Well, but if it includes HBO, which people have already been mostly okay with paying fifteen dollars a month for, like that seems exceptionally cheap to me. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But but to your point, now that we're in this post Game of Thrones world, we'll see how okay people are paying that fifteen bucks a month for HBO. Because I don't know how many people are paying that full rack rate, as you would say. I think a, I think a lot of people because I like I honestly think most um, young people that have subscribed to HBO and aren't doing hipster cable and sharing passwords like they're probably like they're not signing up and getting a discounted rate through Comcast and also as I have found it is really hard to get Comcast to give you HBO for less than fifteen dollars a month. Yeah, you didn't used to be, but it is now. Oh yeah, you used to call and they'd be like, oh yeah, we'll throw on HBO for a year. That is not the case anymore. So I'm nope. I am built through iTunes, and as one of my strategic investments, uh, I buy iTunes gift cards off eBay whenever they're eighty dollars for a hundred dollars worth of iTunes credit. It's making it's making me think that I, I'm I'm kind of at a point with HBO where I mean I still have it, but I don't really have a specific reason anymore. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on HBO. I do always kind of forget about the movies. Yeah, I don't know. HBO HBO is good stuff. Uh, until AT&T ruins it, I'm, I'll, I'll keep paying. Uh, something, something iCloud on Windows, whatever. Uh, Uber giving uh, helicopter rides to people in lower Manhattan. Meh. Um, oh, uh, uh, scoot, scoot news. Uh, New York is legalizing, um, uh, e-scooters. I really look forward to how, uh, New Yorkers will deal with that. Hopefully, hopefully uncharitably um, because there was somebody I thought, let me see if I can find it quickly in my Twitter likes. Uh, they were uh, brought to the city of Memphis and it is um, uh, not going well. Yeah, I can't find it. All right. Um, 
And then I guess lastly, quick uh, iPhone roundup thing. It looks like, uh, so Ming-Chi Kuo had a analyst note that was released and rewritten by Mac Rumors, where for the 2020 iPhones, there are going to be three top tier models, um, uh, two of which include 5G radios uh, from Qualcomm. And it looks like, uh, according to him, they are going to continue to do a kind of iPhone XR like strategy uh, where there's going to be a 6.1 inch model that hangs out that has LTE as opposed to 5G. Um, but all of those phones will have OLED displays. And I feel like I've completely lost the thread on what the current screen sizes are. So are these, is this 5.4 and 6.7? inch screens are they, are those different than what we have now that feels like the i, I thought right now the the iphone 10s was 5.3 and the uh, 10s max was 6.5 so i think it's mostly the same but the 10r is definitely 6.1 yeah the 10 the 10s is 5.8 and the 10s no is way 6 point, the 10s is 6.5 Ooh, if the 10 oh I, that might make, get me to get one if the 10s gets smaller um oh so yeah 5.4 huh interesting yeah that, well, i guess that that's why i've lost the thread here is it's one's getting bigger one's getting yeah screen sizes on the iphones have gotten weird yeah this seems that seems super uh, yeah i mean that this all seems very like predictable it feels like i mean not not to undermine <laughs> roger quo's work here but like i feel like if you and i were kind of just like spitballing ideas about the 2020 iphones like we would probably <laughs> make a similar prediction here like 5g is clearly going to be the headlining feature of next year's phones also since since you have your uh, analyst hat on what what is the reason to buy this year's iphones yeah i'm uh i'm fascinated by that i i, I do think that we're headed towards a year where they're going to try to sell the heck out of the faster processor they were on what the a 14 i think these are all a12s currently oh, okay so maybe a13 and then they're gonna try to tell a story and give a bunch of use cases around that third lens on the camera but i think i kind of think that's gonna be it <sighs> yeah I, I, it I, seems I, like this this is a this is a software year for apple not a hardware year i can't keep using this iphone 8 but then i i can't buy one next year then like the, you don't think they're gonna make Face ID any better? Well, they've done that as part of iOS 13, haven't they? Isn't Face ID supposed to be like 25 percent faster now or something? Yeah, it's probably a lie though. Uh, Face ID is pretty good now. <sighs> I don't know, man. Especially, I mean, the thing that gives me faith is that it's really, really freaking good on the iPad Pro. Well, yeah, but I think that's because it has a different hardware. Um, like, just like it maybe has a larger camera. Like, because yeah, that's the whole thing is on the iPad. It's super, super fast, but on the phones, it's not. Like, in every benefit that they said the iPhone XS had related to that was, they said it was all software based. That the stuff inside, um, like that the A12 processor allowed like better. They they said some BS algorithmic thing, but they they intimated that the um, hardware itself is no different. I don't like. I do, do, what kind of passcode do you have on your phone? A pretty long one, but it's an alphanumeric. Yeah, that's the thing that kills me. Where like, yeah, once Face ID would fail three times because I wasn't looking at it well enough. Like my password's a huge pain in the butt to type in. 
that, that's what I get. That's what made me return mine. So I don't know. It's yeah, gonna... but I I haven't I haven't had that happen except in like really weird conditions in a long time. So I don't I don't really think that's an issue. Well, I mean, you're probably a better person than I. But do you ever use your uh, phone while you're laying down? Oh yeah, of course. I would never like if I was laying down on a pillow or something like it. Like it would just never get my face. I have I have the um you know that that stand that I have on the the table next to my bed and it even it works even when if I if I just turn over and tap the screen and I'm like facing the phone basically like sideways that works just fine. <laughs> like the phone is in portrait mode which it has to be but like my face is you know basically at a 90 degree angle laying down and it's it's no no issue. Well yeah but then your phone's all blurry. And then the edges are blurry. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a different problem. Uh, I'm pretty proud of myself for that one. Um, and then the last Apple thing is um, they are apparently expanding repairs uh, with Best Buy. So you can get some black tie support when you break your iPhone. It's it, it's super it's super smart, for, I think, for both parties. Like the way that Best Buy has leaned into the services thing. We, we've talked about that before incredibly smart it's like the key differentiator between brick and mortar and retail i think now and it seems like a win for apple too because it's taking so much pressure and traffic off their own stores for the least desirable part of their business exactly yeah um that that is super interesting so does this mean like is the um service being rendered by geek squad or is it by apple techs inside of best buy I don't know. It's, um, I mean, it's been, you know, almost, God, this is weird to think about, but it's been almost a decade since I've worked there. And, you know, it was, it was a combination of doing things in store, but then also shipping a lot of things away to be repaired at a service center. So I guess the question would be sort of how that works with these Apple devices. My guess would be a lot of this stuff is going to get shipped away and repaired at a central facility which yeah presumably would have either apple technicians or you know like geek squad employees who are like apple specifically trained somebody sent them to the grove right yeah okay i mean that that's that's cool and again like i i am continually um impressed at how best buy is reinventing themselves is not the wrong word but they're making themselves more and more relevant or staving off irrelevance, whichever the, the more preferred or charitable one is. Um, yeah, and then uh, Dropbox killed their, uh, made their product horrible. Or I haven't so, gotten so the update yet. Tell me about this. So like, what, what, this. what is this? Did you watch the video or the 30 second video on the tweet? No. Okay, well, you should click it while it, there's no sound to it, but just look at it while I explain it. So apparently Dropbox, uh, they increased prices across the board by 20%. And now they think they're slack. Like, I, I don't know. Like, um, they've, and this also makes no sense to me. It, uh, Dropbox keeps um, trying to have integrations with G Suite. And I don't understand how that makes sense. Because if you're a, if you're a Google Apps user, wouldn't you use, be using Google Drive for everything? I don't know. Like their whole thing is like the, the reason why everybody's mad is that one, they've increased prices and then Dropbox is adding a bunch of features that are not core to the product, which is file syncing, which it, to, to, it for the most part, people generally have acknowledged that Dropbox does fairly well. 
but now pretty much every part of this is that they're now like there's a full version of google chrome bundled into the dropbox app and when you have it running now eats at an extra 500 megabytes of ram because it runs it in the background it now a lot like have you ever commented on a dropbox file no i don't think i have so it's big on that um like it's there's all this weird stuff where they just um they're trying to position it as like dropbox is a new thing for teams but they don't want it just to be teams are sharing folders it's a you're using dropbox to support the activities you're doing in google sheets and you can send stuff back and forth between slack and dropbox and like i maybe i'm just i don't work in like a creative organization that uses Dropbox in this way, but it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, and then apparently there's no way to opt out and just kind of say, I just want Dropbox to sync my files and hopefully not delete my files. Thank you very much. It's just so weird. Um, and this is the same thing Evernote did where like they eventually, like they just got like Slack fatigue where they're like, we're, Oh, we're missing the boat and everybody's going to leave our product. So then Evernote added something called work chat inside of their thing, which is basically this weird Slack knockoff. I just don't get it. It's it's really frustrating how companies are so focused on growth instead of just making a really awesome thing and sticking to that thing. Like I like I, I get I get all the reasons why, but it's just it's a it's just a bummer. It's just it's it seems like most of the time it's bad for the product. Yeah, apparently now there's integration with Zoom. Like, although that that was, um, if you can find the link to the tweet of somebody when Google Calendar was down, that was pretty good about the good, the wrong Zoom link. But there, there's so like I I get these integrations if you happen to um, use all these products together, but I just really don't think people are. Like, if if you're an Office 365 user or a G Suite user or you use Slack in a certain way, like. I just I I don't see what the um ideal use case is or what kind of product workflow you're doing where all this stuff integrates the way these product demos do and it just seems like for everybody else who just uses it to have their files somewhere or have a collaborative folder with somebody on a project for stuff that's not suitable for email like it seems like it makes this worse for that no matter what so I I don't know I don't get it yeah I I'm hard pressed to imagine myself using Dropbox in any other way than what I currently do, which is just a folder on my computer that syncs everywhere. Yeah. Chef specials. I don't, don't really have one this week. Um, okay. I, 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 I guess I would recommend to people traveling. I guess that's maybe my pick. Traveling's great vacations are awesome it's good it's good to get away for a week i recommend everybody does that okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna push back and i'm gonna interrogate you on this so what what are the um the fretwell patented tips for having a vacation that is actually a vacation sign out of slack okay that's key although i didn't sign i didn't sign out of ours <laughs> but I, I i did i did sign out of my work slack that's Aww, important that's sweet um, trying to get away from the news a little bit. So, you know, still stay plug, you know, don't turn off your New York times, like breaking news alerts or anything like that, but you know, kind of don't check Twitter. Um, 
be on your phone as little as possible. That that's like you don't need to put it away like entirely, but just like just be on it less. Um, eat lots of good food. That's important. Yeah, I think those those are the key things. Hmm. Okay. Um. Uh, or do you tend to be an over planner, or do you just kind of you go with go with the flow and like island time and and whatnot? Yeah, I when I was younger, I used to be an over planner. I feel like I've gotten away from that now, though, where I kind of just go in and maybe have like a couple of like big things kind of planned out, but then you know also kind of just have a lot of um, open time. Kind of depends on the trip too, though. Like I mean, Hawaii, which is where I was last week. You don't really want to have a big structured trip there. But if you're going somewhere like Europe, maybe, and you want to do like a lot of sightseeing and stuff where you've got to like buy tickets ahead of time and things like that, you know, then maybe you do have a little bit more structure. Hmm. Oh, good. And uh, which of the islands did you go to? I went to Maui. Is that the one that has all the Disney stuff on it? No, that's Oahu. Got it. Now, Maui is um, like Oahu is, you know, Honolulu. Um, very touristy um just a little bit more just going on there but that's where i went last time i went a handful of years ago um maui is much more um quiet still touristy but a lot quieter i mean you know basically everything's closed by like 10 or 11 um it's very nice very relaxing uh i got nothing second week in a row 